I'm actually gonna do, I wanna say, you know, like a short study probably uh, on end times. Cause I know that's one of the things that's on everybody's minds lately. So uh, we're actually gonna start by going through Matthew 24 and 25 and then move on from there. Yeah, you know me. Matthew what? 24. Thank you, Father, for the day. Uh, that wasn't uh, promised to us, Father God, we just ask you to be in this room with us and have the Holy Spirit dwell in this place right now. May it never leave, Father God. We thank you for the blessings that we do have, Father God, and we thank you that uh, we can be a brotherhood, we can have fellowship, Father God. We thank you for sending your son, Father God, for we can have a relationship with you, Father God, because you are not uh, a God of... Uh, just discipline you are you you are god of uh disciplining us as children of yours you know father god and we just we just want to have that relationship with you and we want to treat others the way we would like to be treated we want we want our children to be blessed in their generation also father god now we thank you for jeff and thank you for him spreading the good news how beautiful are the feet of those which good news father god and we just thank you for the today we say thank you for the Thank you, bud. All right, Rob. Read the first. Read the first two chat. First, first two verses. Matthew twenty-four. Jesus left the temple and was going away. When his disciples came to point out to him the building of the temple, but oh, but he answered them, "You see all. You see all things. Do you not? Truly, I say to you, there will not be left be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down." Cool. So here's the context behind this is that they were at the temple. They were wandering around Jerusalem, doing the things that Jesus did with his disciples. And they were like, yo, check out these, check out this temple, Jesus. Look how beautiful it is. Like they were looking at kind of the temple as this place that is awesome and wonderful. And so many people back then, what they would do, they would worship the actual building instead of what the building was there to represent, which was God's presence on earth. And that's what it represented. That's where the Ark of the Covenant was supposed to be kept. That's where the Holies of Holies is, you know. But Jesus is like, guys, do you not realize I'm God's presence on earth? Given that he's God and he's on earth, he's God's presence on earth. And he's saying that, look, these things, this temple, it's going to be torn down, right? How many of you know when that was fulfilled? After he was crucified? A little right bit after. No? Right? No? Nope, not right after. Sure? Yeah. Okay. I know, I believe you. I don't know. No. Sure so, Jesus' prophecy of this was fulfilled in AD 70. That is when Rome came in and destroyed Jerusalem. And that's also helpful for us because one, it's a prophecy of Jesus that came true. And then two, it actually gives us a very good point of reference to know that the New Testament was written early after Jesus's death. Like probably within the first 10 years after his ascension to heaven. Like it could be longer than that. Like it's hypothesized that the book of Revelation was written in around 90 AD. But we can look at this and go, none of them reference the destruction of the temple. 
None of them reference the having to flee Jerusalem. And that's how we can kind of gather that this is an early dating for the writings of the Bible, of the New Testament. So just kind of keep that in the back of your mind. Sometimes people challenge that and they go, well, they were written late, you know, in like the hundred, eighty hundreds and further. It's not true because none of them referenced what happened in 70 AD. The only one who may have actually seen this was the Apostle John. But that's because he died somewhere around 95 AD. Um, but let me go on from here. While he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, which was one of his favorite places to teach from and hang out, the disciples approached him privately and said, tell us, when will these things happen? So they're trying to get an answer as to when the temple and the whole of Jerusalem is going to be destroyed. And then they go on to the second question. And what is the sign of your coming and the end of the age. So they already had an understanding that Jesus is going to ascend. Like they didn't always get what Jesus was talking about. You know, they didn't always get that he had to die. They didn't always get that he was going to go to be with God again. And they didn't always understand that he was going to come back. But they at least knew, huh, he said that he was going to leave. And he's mentioned he's going to come back. So they had a point of reference to kind of think about it. Jesus replied to them, watch out that no one deceives you for many will come in my name saying, I am the Messiah and they will deceive many. You are going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed because these things must take place, but the end is not yet for nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in, in various places. All these events are the beginning of labor pains. How many of us can see this happening? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure every generation has sat there and thought, well, you know, these things are happening. We see some of this happening and that's because this is, we're still in the world. We're still fighting against all this wickedness that's in man's heart. You know, so you can see that there's a lot of stuff, but the way that we are looking at the world today, we're seeing more of it and more of it and more of it. We're seeing this ramp up of more of these things. And we're all looking going, huh, Jesus really did say that. You know, we all heard of the, the rumor of the war with Iran, which was going to start World War Three, right? You know, we've heard of the different earthquakes taking place and we're going, wait a minute, there's never been an earthquake there. How many of you a couple months ago, or maybe a little bit further back, is it like six months ago now? Yeah. There was the earthquake. How many of you were very surprised when you were like, whoa, there's an earthquake? Shoot, I was standing taking a pee going, there's an earthquake happening. Uh-oh. And then having to go through the building, make sure, make sure that it's not falling apart. Right? I was at River of Life. And just people freaking out because they had no clue what was going on. They had never experienced an earthquake. I came from California, so I knew all about earthquakes. I think we're on a sinkhole. <laughs> no, there's a there is a fault line or a lava flow that stems from uh, Yellowstone and it cuts through that area. 
because Yellowstone is a supervolcano. It's just still underground. The day that thing goes off, we're done. We're done. If we're still here, you know, if it, if it goes off before Jesus comes back. <laughs> you know, but we could also take a look at some of the stuff in Revelation when, when you know, an asteroid hits the earth, it sets off all these volcanoes. What are the chances that that's one of the ones that gets set off? You know, there's all these things in Revelation that we can kind of gather and kind of look at and go scrutinize. We're never sure if we're going to be right until it's actually happening. But here Jesus is saying, hey, be warned. Know that these things are coming so that you won't be deceived. The connotation there is, is that we can be deceived. Even as believers, people following Christ, we can be deceived very easily. Look at how many believers follow guys like Joel Osteen or Kenneth Copeland or, you know, these guys that are teaching very false things. You know, who? Oh, I think I remember who you're talking about. Oh, yeah. You know, there's a lot of these teachers out there now that are putting out false stuff. You know, the prosperity gospel is completely false. You may not know that or not thought of it that way before. So if not, and I just upset you, I apologize. I'm just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, are you like trying to upset somebody? You keep looking like, who's, who's going who's gonna to be the one that pops out of here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, David's downstairs, so yeah, he won't be. It is no, he, you're not wrong. He is. Period. You know, he wrote a lot of stuff that's very against what the Bible teaches. However, like I was just saying, is that lots of false teaching, lots of false doctrine is going to crop up. And Jesus wants us to be warned about that coming in. So he gave us a warning. He said, hey, this is going to happen. So stand firm in what I have already told you. You will not, you don't need to be deceived because I've already told you what's coming. And Jesus continues and tells, tells what's going to probably start happening to us. Then they will hand you over to be persecuted and they will kill you. You will be hated by all nations because of my name. Then many will fall away, betray one another, and hate one another. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many, because lawlessness will multiply. The love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. This good news of the kingdom will be proclaimed in all the world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So Jesus tells us persecution's coming. Like back then, they had the persecution. Like the most persecuted people group in all of history are Christians. You might think it's Jews, you might think it's someone else, but it's actually Christians. Because what's the number one faith today? that people are constantly going after 
and saying, I can't believe you radicals. I can't believe this. I can't believe that. And they're trying to destroy it constantly. It's us. It's believers. Every other religion tries to tear us down and make all these weird beliefs that sound good to other people. And that's where the false teaching and the false doctrine comes in because we want what feels good, right? Right? The prosperity gospel feels good when you're never told that, hey, um, you, you've sinned and you need to repent. You know, that's the one thing you don't hear out of these prosperity teachers. They don't talk about sin. They don't talk about repentance. They talk about if you give, God will give back to you. And that's not always the case. How many people do you know that serve Jesus faithfully and walk with him every day, but are still sick, are still poor, are still facing the struggles of daily life? They're not preachers with thousands of people sitting in their churches having five different Learjets to their name. No, they are still people on the ground. They're still following Jesus. They're still giving their life to him daily. And they're still praying fervently for the rest of us so that we won't fall. So we won't give in to these false teachings. We won't be deceived by false prophets. I mean, so many people today claim to be prophets, but the things that they talk about and the things that they prophesy don't go in line with what Scripture says. And that's why the Bible tells us to test everything to Scripture. Test everything by the Word of God. And even, you know, that goes for me. The things that I say to you guys, you should be testing against Scripture. No, that's one way to really get deep into Scripture and knowing what God's Word says. It's by testing what other people are saying. So that you can see whether it's true or false, and then you know, I shouldn't listen to that person anymore. And I had to stop listening to a lot of different preachers because I realized they're off. Like, I used to love Stephen Furtick. Now I don't. Now, so there is a reference here that I want to jump to. And in, in verse 14, so this is why this might take a little longer, because we are going to jump around a little bit. Verse 14, Jesus says, This good news of the kingdom will be proclaimed in all the world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Okay, so what's he saying? The gospel will be proclaimed, right? Okay, now how does that happen? Give me your, give me your best guesses. How does that happen? Paul. No. no, don't you think that would have happened already then? He did a good job. How many of you think it's us? We're the ones that do it, like believers. Spread the word? Yeah. I mean, we're called to do that. However, are we the ones that get it to all the world? So, like I said, this is, I'm going to give you the answer of how this actually happens, but this doesn't mean that we need to be lax in our proclaiming the gospel because we're commissioned to do that. Oh man, okay. So in Revelation 14, starting at verse 6, if you don't want to turn there, you don't have to. Revelation 14. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel. 
who preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. Continue. Mm-hmm. Saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour is his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, this the sea and spring of water. So how does the gospel make it to all the world? The proclamation of an angel who flies throughout the entire earth proclaiming the gospel to the entire earth. Because, because there's going to be people groups that we still don't know about. We do not know about. There are tribes that we don't know are there. Right? There's also there's also those tribes that if you step foot on their island, they're going to kill you and they're going to eat you. People have tried to spread the gospel to them. There was this story of one guy. He actually went to go to this tribe. And before they could attack him, a day before, a man appeared to them saying that a man was going to come to them and preach to them the gospel. And they, they just saw this. Somebody appeared to them. Well, the very next day was this missionary. Pulled up, got out. And they all rushed him. And he thought, well, I'm done for. Well, then they stopped and they told him what they had saw through an interpreter, of course. <laughs> there happened to be an interpreter. There's always an interpreter. You know, even the Holy Spirit's an interpreter. (laughs) You know, and they told him what they had saw. And then he proclaimed the gospel to them. You know, the only reason we have that story is because obviously he was alive to tell it afterwards. You know, and they came to know Jesus as Lord and Savior because they knew there was a God, but they didn't know you know, who he was or anything like that, you know? I mean, it's cool that this stuff can happen, just like many Muslims today. The reason they're coming to Christ is because he is appearing to them in dreams. Many Muslims who come to know Jesus is because he appeared to them in a dream. And then they started looking into it and they started understanding that somebody did something about the issues that I'm feeling. And many of them get killed because they turn their lives over to Jesus. You know, it's awesome the way that God will do things. You know, and of course, like I said, this doesn't mean that we should stop proclaiming the gospel. We should still be proclaiming it. That's a command of Jesus himself. When he commissioned us, he said, go into all the world, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom making disciples of every nation, tribe, tongue, and language. Although the word nation there, just so we're not confused, isn't isn't race, it's ethnicity. The Bible actually teaches there is only one race. Only one race. We just look differently. You want to push back, don't you? Well, no, I'm just saying. I, I remember reading how how I, uh, 
when I was in prison where how God separated everyone and, and at the Tower and of Babel speak different tongues and change the color of their skin and all that stuff and that's that's a it's me but kind of hard to believe and you know it wasn't for the better because we're all segregated and, and we hate one another you know white is right and I don't believe that you know oh definitely not that's so, that's a I'm bunch of BS that, you know a lot of things that happen you know unexplainable and why it's not unexplainable it's the human condition well, because we're wicked a lot of the trouble that we have right now if you would have kept everything the same color we wouldn't have the trouble we have now not necessarily it's not a matter of he changed people's color but now like i said it's not it's not a matter of he changed people's color yes he scattered people changed the language you know but the intention was not to make everybody so separate and segregated it was so that the earth could be filled right. you know send people to places where they have to hike to get water that has dirt in it and it, or they don't have food they eat dirt or food and stuff like that i don't believe that too i don't know i think i can answer that what uh <laughs> I grow rose in the desert, you know, that's freaking hard. I, I remember Jesus saying the poor will inherit the kingdom of God. People that are more oppressed, they'll tend to look to God for better than me. They actually... So let's, let's have my little baby. I have a magazine in my room with, with little black babies just covered in dirt and flies all in their eyes. And they, they're so skinny, dude. And, and that's, that's how God likes me. You know, why put... Them there and us here, you know. Well, we we weren't even sitting here. We took this freaking place, you know. And we just take what we want. You should go take that over. Well, yeah, I'm gonna ask for forgiveness again tonight. But everything I say, I believe is true. It's just effed up. So you answered your own question, though. What's up? We. We. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the curse. That's what all of that stems from. The curse. God cursed the ground. God cursed man. God cursed the snake. The curse is what messes up everything. And it was because of our choice. Mm -hmm. it, the, but that's just it. You, 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 if I, unless I'm off, as you said yesterday, you're angry at God. And you're blaming him for a lot of this stuff. Well, well how is it not... You know, he made everything. He, you know, he, it is what it is because of him. No, he, knew, he, knew, he, he made every he made everything he good. He's all knowing God. But that doesn't mean that he's not going to let you choose. That's what I'm saying. Like today's people, oh, I think are smarter than I don't even know if we are even smarter. Right? I don't know, dude. If you tell me you don't eat that fruit, or else... Do you, do you, I mean, it, when we go, when we go deeper into end times, you're going to see that most of the world is going to stand against Jesus. It's already happening right now. But I'm talking when he's actually coming down from heaven. There will be a vast army trying to, try to, stand, to stand against him. Because they don't want him. They've chosen to not have him. And that's why the world is messed up. We want to take control. Exactly. We want to be God. That's the whole whole idea is we want to be God. And God is trying to say, you're not. 
I am and I can lead you in the way of righteousness. But because most of the world is just like, nah. And they want to, they want to, they want to believe the lies. You know? So if we were to have like some big miracle happen and he shows us that he's there, a lot of people might follow more. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I just told my dad today. Yeah, like if he were to come down and just, ooh, like kill mm-hmm. everybody, just like, oh, but the reality is, is that when he does appear, it's going to be the end. When he does appear, a vast majority hide. They hide from him, and they ask for the rocks to fall on them and kill kill them, so they don't have to withstand the wrath that he's going to bring. <laughs> Yes, man, this is a tough one. It is. It is tough. You know, like I said before, the world would be very different if sin didn't didn't exist. You know, but you can't have love if there was never a choice. God wouldn't be a loving God if he didn't let you choose. I mean, think about it. Well, exactly, but think about it. Even the angels had a choice. Lucifer chose to have pride in himself and want to rise above the throne of God. God was like, nope. But at the same time, Lucifer deceived so many, like a tenth is what is said, a tenth of the angels with him, and they were cast out too. Now they just roam earth, causing all kinds of chaos. You know, so the reason we can talk about the end times and the reason that it's a good thing to actually talk about is so that we can be warned. And that's why Jesus talked about it. So we can be warned and so we can know how to move forward properly following him by faith. We're going to harp on that whole thing very much every day, every time I'm up here, because faith is one of the most important things. Outside of the truth of the gospel, faith is the most important thing. What were you going to say, Isaac? Uh, I was wondering, because I know the angels were made to love God, regardless they had no choice. I'm pretty sure that how did the devil have a chance to make a choice? Like, he didn't, I, don't, I believe they were made as robots for God. Like, how did he end up having a choice? He had a choice. That's just it. He had a choice. It never tells us that they were created as mindless robots. Never says that. In fact, it gives us the fact that they had choices. You know, a tenth were deceived. Satan chose to do what he did. And so you could tell that there was obviously choice. Now, after the fall, did he take away choice? Possibly, but I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, but that's another good picture of of the angels were with God. Just like we understand that there's a God, but they still chose to fall. 
they still chose to rebel. Same with us, right? We have opportunities. We've seen God's hand in a lot of stuff. Let's stand in the victory we have in Christ by faith in Him daily. All right, guys? All right, let us pray. No, dear Lord, I just uh, thank you for your word, and I thank you for the conversations. Lord, I thank you that you have warned us, that you've shown us things that will take place and things that are already taking place, things that are going to take place. Lord, so that we can stand in our faith in you and endure to the very end, whether that's our last breath or that's you returning. Lord, I just pray that you would strengthen each and every one of us. Lord, help us all to have a unity together as we go forward in this life serving you, Lord. So, Lord, we praise you. We give you the rest of this evening. Lord, in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.